everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Geraldine Carter, who coaches CPAs on running more profitable firms and is also the host of the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Hello, Geraldine. How are you? And thanks for being here. Hi, Sean. I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super excited to talk more about your the work that you do and your background as well. Uh, but before we kind of dive into what we have prepared for today, if you wouldn't mind for our audience, can you give them a little bit more information about your background and how you got to be doing the work that you're doing today? Sure. So the short version is that I have a degree in engineering and my background, <clears throat> excuse me, is in, of course, engineering for a while. And then I had a business as a um logistics and events manager. And that was how I started touching accounting and tax. And then when I left that business, I went out on my own helping um, friends and other people that I know to understand their financials because they would come to me saying like, I don't understand my P&L. Can you walk me through it? And I would. And same for their balance sheet. And then eventually I was like, where's your accountant? How come they're not explaining this to you? And they would say things like, oh, they're too busy. I can't get a hold of them. Oh, they... I." don't understand what they tell me. They talk over me or they talk down to me. And I just like, I need somebody who can talk to me in plain English. And then while I was helping other business owners grow and um, grow their businesses and improve their profitability, some, some CPAs came to me and said, you know, I think we can, you could might be able to help us. And I did a head scratch where I was like, wait, don't you guys understand everything about business? You touch business all day. And what I've come to appreciate is that CPAs are business owners just like everybody else, and they're excellent at their craft, but understanding tax is not the same as understanding business. And just like every other kind of business owner, they they too need help understanding the foundations of business to make their businesses more profitable and easier to run. So that's the work that I do now. It's helping solo CPAs and owners of small firms to make their businesses more profitable, easier to run, more enjoyable so that they can get their lives back. Because everybody knows a CPA who is swamped and probably still swamped under a pile of returns that are extended in perpetuity. Super well said. And yes, I do. Several, actually. (laughs) Many of which I'm sure should probably speak with you. So we'll talk more about that after the show. But uh, thank you for providing your background. A super interesting story. And I didn't know the element about the engineering. My background's in engineering as well, too. So that's super cool. Very interesting. Um, Yep. We're problem solvers at the the core. Right. Exactly. Well said. Um, So something that I've noticed on your website, which I like a lot as well, also is uh, what you have written is that traditional accounting firm business model is broken. Um, I'd love to hear more about from you in terms of like what that means and how it's broken and why it's broken. Uh, be a kind of great place to start. Sure. So there, there are a number of things about the accounting business model that are broken, but the three primary ones that I touch are that historically they bill hourly instead of price. And when you bill hourly instead of price, you are shooting your profitability in the foot. There's so much more value that can be captured. There's so much more. There's so much more profitability that can be captured when you learn how to price based on value instead of pinning your prices or pegging them on your cost. So accountants and CPAs would do well to understand the nature of value, and just like the time, the <clears throat> excuse me, just like the watch on your wrist is a tool that captures time. Pricing is a tool that captures value. So that's the first place. The second place is in positioning. 
most CPA firms and accountants are generalists. That is their position in the marketplace. We do all things for all people, whether you are a manufacturing company or a pharmacy or a running shoe store or a church or a nonprofit or a governmental agency, we can do taxes for you. And that is a, from a business strategy standpoint, that is a terrible position to occupy in the marketplace because it has you competing with everybody else and it has you suppressing your value, which in turn suppresses your prices. And the third place is focusing on reports and deliverables. The accountant says, I give you your PL, I give you your balance sheet. Here you go. Good luck. And the business owner is like, uh, what do I do with this? Ask your clients how many times they open your PL when you send it to them, or if they just hit the keyboard shortcut Y in Gmail for archive. They don't even look at it. And when you focus on delivering the report as the as your end zone, really you've only delivered the ball to the 40-yard line. What your clients want is is experience, is a better experience, and they want transformation. Your clients who are business owners, presuming, I'm not talking about orphan 1040s, but your business owning clients, they want to have more profitable businesses and they want to work less. That is way more valuable than just delivering a PL and a balance sheet. The business owner doesn't understand the balance sheet. I can promise you that they have no idea what liabilities and equity are. Well, they might know what liabilities are, but I ask them what equity is and they will give you a rambling answer that is nonsensical. <laughs> so you need, to, you need to, let me not do that. So I would invite CPAs and accountants to consider focusing on the transformation that is desired by their clients and delivering a high quality experience. So if you can focus on these three things, back to your original question, number one, pricing, number two, positioning in the marketplace, and number three, focusing on transformation and experience instead of P&Ls and other deliverables, you will radically transform the value that you provide to your clients. And when you can do that, you can capture it in the pricing. And now we're back to the beginning. Fantastic. So a uh, lot of value right there. I want to unpack each if we can, because I want to talk more about how you take CPAs or based on your experience, and maybe you have some examples as well. Also, you can share um, where CPAs have been, how you've helped them make this transformation in fixing a multitude of these issues, but starting with pricing, because that's the one that you mentioned first, right? And the hourly billing model. I know you and I are both uh, big fans of the school of Jonathan Stark in terms of uh, ditching hourly billing and things like that. And um, so I want to hear more from you on this, specifically as it applies to accountants and CPAs in terms of um, how they can get away from this broken pricing model. So uh, let's start there. Sure. So when taken unto itself pricing, you can't, it's very difficult to simply just raise your prices 40% in a vacuum. Pricing is a part of the entire business strategy. And the business strategy includes the position in the marketplace. It includes what you're providing to your clients in terms of transformation, in terms of experience. So pricing is something that we do. When I work with my clients, it's the third and fourth step in the process. The first step in the process, and I will come to the answer of like, how do we price? <clears throat> but the first step in the process is to determine the strategy. If you don't have a strategy, it's like, instead of having a point to the front of your ship, it's like having an inner tube. You try and paddle your inner tube and all you do is spin in a circle. All right, good luck. 
good, yeah, good luck getting anywhere. I mean, you might, but you're really, I mean, if you experience spinning in your business, it's because you're effectively in an inner tube. So we need you to have, we need your business to have a strategy with a point to the ship and point it in a direction that is where you want your business to go. And for a lot of CPA firms, more money would be nice, but really what they want is their lives back. So we need to get strategic about who we're going to work with, who is the ideal buyer. So we figure out how much money the CPA firm wants it wants in revenue. We figure out what margins we think they can reasonably run at. And a lot run in the teens or the 20s. We can get that up to the 40s and then eventually the 50s and 60s. To get beyond 70 requires that you go to digital products. It's a topic for another time. Or maybe not given, you know, your your lane here. Well said. But we go, we need strategy first. So how much money do we want to make? Who are the ideal buyers? What's the revenue we want to bring in? And who's going to be willing to pay that? And when we can figure out who that is, then we can say, okay, what are the services that if we need to, let me back up a bit again, if we need to, if we want our prices to be in the, let's just say for easy math, $50,000 a year range, then what do we need to be providing in terms of value for somebody who's going to pay $50,000 a year? Who is that going to be? And what value can we create so that they would easily be willing to pay $50,000 a year? So we figure out who that is, and then we figure out what's the value that we're going to provide to that person. What's the service? What is it going to include? What will it not include? How can we white glove it so that it is a premium service so that they will happily pay $50,000? And those, those things, those pieces all fit together. Who is that ideal buyer? What is the value? And then what is the service? And then what is the price? So. I just said a lot. So let me just say with the pricing piece specifically, what we will do is a bronze, silver, gold kind of packaging for an ideal buyer so that that buyer has choice. They're making the choice of which one of these do I want, not which CPA will I work with. And then we also take a smaller service that is a one-time service that is typically, say, an hour strategy session for $4.95 and a half-day intensive kind of thing where we can really dig into the client's books and see what's going on and perhaps make some significant recommendations. But it takes four hours to get into everything and review and um, ask questions, understand why this, why that, to be able to make higher-level recommendations. So in terms of pricing, because the world of pricing is vast, what I do with my clients is simplify it down to a bronze, silver, gold package for one ideal buyer and a one-hour strategy session and a half-day kind of strategy intensive at two different price levels so that buyers have clear prices and they can get started working with that CPA in a way that is comfortable for them. I'm thinking about this from the perspective of the consumer as well, too, because I've been through examples like this very recently myself as a consumer of services from CPA firms. And um, everything you're describing sounds even more attractive from the consumer side as well, also, which I think is also largely part of the point, right? Is um, I've, you know, uh, frustrated probably is the right, I was going to say frustrated isn't the right word, but I think it probably is with a lack of 
options in terms of me being able to get to an outcome that I'm looking for. I have a specific mm-hmm. outcome I want to achieve as a consumer of the services offered by CPA firms. And yet all I have is really the ability to pay for output, which doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily get me to the outcome that I'm looking for, yet I still continue to get bills. I still have to make these payments. And it's just frustrating um, because it's not, I, I don't care so much about how much work is involved, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I care about getting yeah. it to a specific point in time where we reach this milestone. That's what's really important to me. But yet I've uh, had interactions with CPA firms who had come back to me and it's like, you know, I I need you to pay this bill. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I pay this bill. I, we haven't gotten to the, the project done. The project isn't done. Like, I'm happy to pay the bill, but are we going to get the project done? It's like, uh, and then I get pushback and it's like, yeah, well, you know, we put the work in. It's like, well, what do you mean? It's like half halfway there. I can't, <laughs> we're not there yet. Um, so whenever possible, if given the opportunity to pay for the outcome that I'm looking for, I would take that 10 times out of 10. And yet so far, it still seems so difficult to find. I don't exactly know why that is, but, um, for those out there uh, listening to this episode, <laughs> I would encourage you to, uh, listen to everything Geraldine has to say and to try to make those changes as much as possible, because I know I'm not the only one who's had this kind of experience from a consumer perspective. So, um, that's uh, super interesting in terms of what where what what do you find being some of the more difficult transformations for CPAs to have to make when it comes to when you're sharing these insights with them? Um, does this feel very different for them from what they've done in the past? Is there like a healthy amount of skepticism? Are they almost excited to give it a shot, but a little bit worried? I'm curious to know more about um, where what what transformation usually takes the longest. Sure. So. To answer this question, kind of also touching on what you just brought up, is for the listeners who see the opportunity, you, know, you could hear what you just said and go, oh, no, like, oh, so much transformation. But if you take the one, if you take it 180 degrees and look instead at the opportunity that you just alluded to, there are so many, there are almost infinite, frustrated. And I would say frustrated is being kind about it. And I've been there too with multiple CPAs in my own experience, not getting what I need and still getting bills for things that I'm like, we're not there yet. Have you, anyways. um, So if you can look at the opportunity that is available from a business sense, and I think this is the mindset piece that needs to switch. It's like classic Mm e-myth is that when you go from being an accountant inside somewhere and you say, ah, I've had it working, you know, all these hours for this guy and making him money while he's on his boat. I'm going to go hang my shingle. And you go hang your shingle. You have now become a business owner and it is no longer sufficient to simply claim that you are an accountant or a CPA. It is incumbent upon you to adopt the mindset of a business owner. You have a responsibility to your client. responsibility might be too strong. I mean, you'll just go out of business if you suck, frankly, or you'll just like spin out in circles. But you have to become, you have to adopt the mindset of a business owner and ask, what is the problem that my buyers want solved? And get out of the 100% mindset of, I just serve up accounting. Because that is what results in the frustration that your buyers, like Sean and I have just alluded to, that what we don't want accounting. I have a degree in engineering. I studied a lot of thermodynamics and fluid dynamics. I never sold an ounce of fluid dynamics 
because nobody wants to buy that. Me neither. <laughs> not what they're right. It's not what they're buying. But I can tell you sure. in the back office, I'm doing fluid dynamics. It's just not what I sell on the website, right? You want me to save you money because you're wasting. There's water leaking everywhere. It's full of your pipes are full of friction. You're wasting money on electricity, pumping water uphill. Blah blah blah. I can fix that for you. But I never talked about laminar flow or turbulent flow. Nobody cared. Nobody understood. They just wanted to save money on electricity at their pumps, pumping water, right? So, but as a business owner, I need to understand the problem they want solved, not talk about, listen, I could do fluid dynamics for you all day. And I did a bunch of fluid dynamics for you. Here's your bill. Doesn't work. So you asked, what is difficult about changing? Let me just be honest. If you, when you go from accountant to business owner, a lot needs changing. I'm not going to pussyfoot it. The mindset needs changing. The mindset of I'm just an accountant, I'm just an accountant in air quotes needs changing to I'm a business owner. I need to understand what my buyers want and I need to learn how to sell. I need to learn how to price. I need to stop just billing for time and work that I've performed. I need to get past the fear of this thought. If I narrow my position in the marketplace, I will turn people away. Yes, you want to turn people away. The reason that CPA firms have too many clients is because they don't know how to market. It is required that my position not required. <laughs> you, you can make your choices and, and have the consequences. If you want the consequences to be less work, more profit, then the strategy is to choose a narrow place in the market and focus your efforts on a narrow wedge and who they can help. So let me give you an example of this. I run a program called CPA Mastermind. And in it, we move very quickly through a pile of material so that they can go implement because it's in the implementation that they learn what needs to happen. So we move quickly through the theory and go right into implementation. And one of my participants yesterday said, you were pushing me to niche and I'm niching into high net worth and high net wealth individuals. And when we started, that felt so narrow. But now, four weeks later that I'm in it, now I see just how broad it is. And I feel like I need to niche even further. So this is a mentality of narrowing feels like a straitjacket, but I can promise you that once you are in it, that you will see so much opportunity that you will very quickly want to continue to narrow because it makes your business easier to run. So what else is difficult? The last piece here, certainly niching is difficult and choosing your packages, outlining your packages, articulating in plain English what those things do is very challenging for my participants. I give them a really, it's very challenging for my participants. So we do a lot of uh, handholding is maybe a little too, is maybe not the image that we want, but I give them a lot of support. Let me do it one more time. Articulating what goes into those packages in plain English for your buyer can be very challenging for a CPA, for an accountant. We're mathy types, right? So we spend a good amount of time and effort clarifying what the outcomes are of the services 
the packages that they've built, putting it in plain English, getting it on a website that is easy to understand for the buyer. That is a huge challenge. But once we get it all together, prices, packages, positioning on a website and in your other marketing collateral, suddenly it makes it clear to you, the seller, what you're selling, and it makes it clear to the buyer what they're buying. And then the buyer is like, yes or no, do I want that? Yes or no? And suddenly the buyer's like, oh my gosh, finally, right? Like you, like me, finally somebody who understands the outcome that I'm trying to achieve. And it makes, it shortens the selling cycle and the selling happens at higher profits. Super interesting. It's so well said. I've I've, uh, had a number of these conversations myself in the past because of experience back in product and product management as well. Also, a lot of these principles, um, come from that world as well. Also, same type of characteristics, right? As you're thinking about it almost in terms of a product, right? But focusing on that outcome that you're trying to deliver as opposed to the output, that's got to be a big mindset shift that you're helping folks with. And um, another excellent point that you brought up as well, too, is once you, it's the uh, letting go of the um, the worry about niching, um, all of a sudden thinking that you're going to be eliminating everything and then almost having the exact opposite experience, which is super interesting. Mm -hmm. I've been there myself as well, too. Once you get deeper into a world and realize just how diverse that specific piece of the world actually is as well, too. Um, Super interesting, the ability to kind of niche down further from there as well, too. How do you, um, I know we we talked about positioning and I wanted to ask you about that as well. Also, Uh, I imagine that probably fits into this a little bit as well, too. How do you, uh, when working with the CPAs that you coach, how do you help them figure out how far they should go with like the niching and the specialization? Mm. Uh, like when do you, what, what characteristics do you give them to, to um, give themselves a better understanding of whether or not they're in a good position where they are now mm-hmm. or where they need to specialize further? Yeah. So I'll do this by example, because when we talk about positioning, it just sounds so in the clouds. So let me give your listeners examples of CPAs I've worked with who have narrowed their position. So I've one, for example, who has niched into farming. And at the outset, she was like, farmers, right? All farmers, anybody with a tractor, I got you. And then very quickly, she realized um, that farmers with fewer than 250, sorry, 2,500 acres were too small, right? She just couldn't, she couldn't make the numbers pencil. That amount, the loans that they have on their fertilizer, their feed, their seed, all the rest, she couldn't create the value. But when she, but she had a few clients who were in the 5,000 acres to 10,000 acres in that range. And now the loans, because farmers have to get loans from the bank in order to buy all the everything in order to plant for the year. And then it's not until the end of the year, the like 18 months later, that they sell their stuff and actually get the money. So big loans. They have so interest matters in farming, right? One half a percentage point is a big deal. And so she can work with a farmer who likely doesn't have all their assets on their balance sheet. No, the pivots aren't on there, the irrigation pivots, the all the like the scales, the water, the like all the equipment. The farmer's inherited a bunch from his granddad. It's not on the balance sheet because he's forgotten about it. It's just the thing he has. She's like, no, we build out your balance sheet, we go to the bank. We save you a percentage point on your interest. Now you're talking $100,000 a year in interest savings alone. 
she realized that at, at 10,000 acres, she could make a really big difference for her farmers. 5,000 acres, she can make a reasonable difference. She can work with that farmer and help them save money. So now they've got the cash to buy more land and turn them into a 7,500 acre farm and then a 10,000 acre farm. So she moves them along that transformation. So that's one example. And so now, sorry, in that process, we'll niche even more. She was like, um, somewhere along the way, she was like, no cattle, right? And those of us who are not out in farming, we're like, wait, what's the difference? And those people are ranchers. You start, as soon as you got a cow, you're a rancher. She focuses on farmers, people who grow crops, right? And she's in South Texas. She's like, no tree people, no avocados, no nut people, no pecan. They're called pecans, not pecans. No pecans. She's like, only row crops, corn, soy, um, sorry. Only crops, only row crops, right? So yep. as she goes down, she went from all farmers to 5,000 to 10,000 acre farmers, only row crops, no cattle, no trees. Okay, so that gives you an idea of what it sounds like. I'll give your listeners another example. I have some CPAs who are niching into coaching, right? Because coaches desperately need financial guidance. So they say coaches. Okay, well, there are coaches who are making 50,000. You'll never make it pencil on 50,000. 250,000, you can start to make it pencil at $1,000 a month, them paying you. On up to probably 3 million where they start to need somebody in-house, right? So you can think of coaching and narrow by revenue range. But then you can get even more specific. Are you working with life coaches? Are you working with business coaches? They kind of think of themselves differently. Or are you working with coaches who have memberships? Because as soon as you have a coach who has a membership, now you're talking a business model that's based on $99 a month or $49 a month transactions. And now you're talking a game that is volume less than it is high ticket one-on-one coaching that's like $25,000 pop transactions. It's a very different business model. So for this CPA, I helped her niche into coaching and then further down into coaches who have memberships. And now suddenly, when you say I'm a CPA who focuses on life coaches who have memberships, now you can immediately, as a buyer, recognize whether that is you or not. And if it's you, you're like, ding, 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 we need to talk right now. And if it's not you and you're a coach, you're like, I know somebody who needs to talk to you. It is so specific. And now, this person has all the business that she needs and it's great business. And guess what? She's like, Geraldine, I don't want to tell people how few hours a week I work because all my CPA friends are working, grinding away 60 hours a week. I don't want to talk about it, right? That's what happens when you get really specific with your niche. So I'll do one more. I have one more CPA. I have another client who has niched into productized services. No, sorry. I have another client who has niched in the tech space for companies who are about to IPO. And as you know, when you IPO, you've got a bunch of stock. Those high-level employees are going to get a giant cash windfall. They have no idea what the tax implications are. So she has a productized service where she helps high-level employees inside startups that are IPOing to understand when to exercise options, when to buy, when to sell, when to whatever. And she can save them half a million dollars in taxes for wow. which she charges 
for which she charges $10,000 flat fee. She's created a productized service for which her hourly rate is 10 times what it would have been or what it was when she was doing this work hourly. And she's so niche that people in the tech space, in her geographical area, which you would probably take a guess at what it is, when they're IPOing, she's the person they go to because she's dialed in her service. It's excellent. She saves them you know, up to half a million dollars, sometimes more in taxes. Not always, depends on how many stock options you have and what the price is. Sure. But she knows how to help people navigate that. She provides an enormously valuable service. So here are three examples of CPAs who have gone for, they came to me as generalists. And we take them narrow, 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 narrow. And the more you burrow, the better it gets. But it's, but it does take something of a leap of faith. The first step is to simply take your next narrow step and then just keep going. Well, that's, it's amazing. That's some excellent examples there, Geraldine. Thank you for providing those. And like you said, it's, it's amazing the transformation you can make if you start to become that specialist, right? Um, The nuance that you pick up, um, and the ability that it helps you just kind of grow from there. And it's amazing that that element that being able to classify yourself as a fit or not is something that's often underappreciated because people think that, you know, I, I don't want to eliminate myself from contention of people I may be able to help. But what you don't realize is those people are coming and going without really ever knowing whether or not you can help them. That's the thing that often gets lost. So as you get, more specific and help them become disqualified or ultimately qualified that you are helping them take it that much further. And I want to tack on to that point. When you have the belief, but I can help them and you have too many clients that you in air quotes, but I can help them. I rescue them with your cape. There's an excellent chance you are doing them a disservice because you are overbooked they cannot get a hold of you. They have to use a whole can of WD-40 to be a squeaky wheel to get some grease and call you 15 times to be like, hey, is my return coming anytime soon? I kind of want to know. Yeah. You are, it is, there's an excellent chance that if you are overbooked because you have adopted the belief, but I can help them, you are in fact doing them a disservice. And I would encourage you, I would encourage listeners to get very clear about who they want to help and to dig really deep into helping those people in a deep and big way instead of a small and superficial way. Love it. Powerful stuff. Um, thank you, Tandra Dean. It's really, uh, the examples really do paint a very vivid picture as well, too, in terms of what the possibilities are for folks that um, have worked with you and taken this path and the kind of transformation that they've made. Uh, It's really powerful stuff. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to share before um, I ask a couple of quick questions of you? So for CPAs and accountants, there's so much opportunity. There's infinite latent opportunity, low-hanging fruit for you out there to make a big difference in the lives of your clients, but very few select clients. 
it's simply a matter of cutting the tether of old school traditional accounting thinking and adopting the thinking of a business owner. And because you have listeners who are listening to your podcast, you have podcast listeners, I would invite you to also check out my podcast, which Sean mentioned at the outset, the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. We operate, you and I, Sean, occupy different spaces, different parts of the journey of transformation. And the knowledge that a listener can get by listening to both podcasts together can make a huge difference. So I'd encourage your listeners to avail themselves of that. Super well said. And thank you. Um, and I can't say enough great things, Geraldine, about your podcast, actually all the content you produce. Um, you have a fantastic mailing list as well, too. I want to make sure people know about that. Um, so um, I want to, we're going to link to all of these resources in the show notes, but are there any uh, resources in particular that you'd like to share with our folks here where they can kind of go to learn more about anything we've talked about on this show or any of the other content and wonderful things that you produce? Sure. So for listeners who want to subscribe to my email list, I send out a daily email that is short and sweet and to the point, and they can get it at my website. It's GeraldineCarter.com. And if you want to rate your thinking, the quality of your thinking, because how you think is everything, right? It's the, it's, it's the headwaters of everything that flows downstream. You can download my $10,000 per hour CPA scorecard, which is at my website, GeraldineCarter.com. Amazing. Looking forward to that as well, too. We will link to that as well. And then um, last question I have for you, Geraldine, uh, is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Sure. So if folks are looking for help or they want to know more, my sweet spot is solo CPAs who are in the half a million to $1.2 million range, who are overworked, who are underpaid, and they're over it. And if they want to find me, they can. the best way is to just email me, gc at geraldinecarter.com. Amazing. Fantastic. I would encourage uh, all of our listeners to my podcast to reach out to Geraldine. So much amazing uh, advice uh, via her website, the content that she produces, and any CPAs that fit well within Geraldine's target market. Uh, you've heard here the kind of amazing transformation she's been able to help CPAs make. I would strongly encourage um, you to take advantage of her services as well also. Um, hopefully one of these stories will be about you in one of the future episodes. So, uh, Geraldine, thank you a ton for being here, recording an amazing episode with me and sharing all this uh, value with myself and our listeners. It's been great to be with you, Sean. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Accounting Automation. I hope you found it valuable. I help accounting firms scale their profit exponentially without needing to hire any additional accountants. So if your firm is in growth mode and can't keep up, I'd love to talk to you more about how I can empower your firm to do more with less through automation and technology. To learn more, visit my website, nextstep.io, or email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P, dot I-O. Hey folks, Sean here, and I want to thank you for engaging with my content and encourage you to sign up for my free five-day video email course called Bottleneck Buster. Bottleneck Buster is designed to show you how to boost the profitability of your firm without hiring. You'll learn where your firm is wasting time, how to get that time back, 
and how to reinvest it to drive greater profitability. Sign up for the course at bottleneckbuster.com.